0: Hello, this is Josh Wegar, and welcome to the Missionary Micro Stories podcast, where missionaries come and tell us authentic stories that they love, and I know that you will too. Uh, This is six questions in about nine minutes, because we all know that without a timeline, missionaries get awfully long-winded. And so today, we are joined with Brother Andrew Shields. I'm excited to have you on. Thanks for being here.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. This is great.
0: Great. Well, we're excited. So let's go ahead and dive in and go ahead. Question one, tell us a little bit about you, your family and your field.
1: All right. Well, my name is Andrew Shields. Uh, I'm a missionary in Chiapas, Mexico, which uh, if you look on a map, it's about as far south as you can go in Mexico without being in Guatemala. So we're just a few minutes away from the Guatemalan border. And uh, it's a really third world country. Um, my wife, Egla, is a Mexican national, and we have three kids Annette, Cecia, and Stephen. Uh, Annette just finished high school. Hooray! Homeschool high school. Finished. And uh, Cecia and Stephen are still in the trenches working on the Madison State. Also, we have a full time Bible Institute. Now, this is a four year Bible college, and we're working through a local church here in Chiapas. Uh, the pastor we're working with has been a pastor for 20 years, and he's helped establish 22 churches during that time. However, seven of those churches don't have pastors, and there's many, many more places that he could start more churches, but there are no pastors to step up and to pastor those. So that's where we come in. We're coming in with 18 years of experience in North Mexico, there 2000,
0: 2018, and we started this last year Nine uh, teenagers living with us, so nine living in dorm. Uh, we have 35 on Saturdays, which is uh, uh, mostly married students, uh, about six pastors who have never had any formal training. And then I've got another 13 students on Sunday afternoons between church. So uh, we're training a lot of people for the ministry uh, to be teachers and preachers and just to serve the Lord, preparing them any way we can. So that's where we are, and that's what we're doing that's exciting and uh now we know how to be better praying for you guys praying for people to stay faithful i know that that's always the challenge for people to get trained and then stay faithful in it and so uh grateful for the work that you're doing praise the lord so um well then number two for you what is one of the best parts about being in missions you
1: know it's just being where god wants us to be um God's called you to be something other than a missionary. Well, be that, but be a Christian before anything else. I think that uh, uh, in, in English, the of adjective Christian comes before anything else. So if you're a Christian farmer, that's what you are first. So mm-hmm. following Christ and loving Christ comes first, and then whatever else God's called you to be. Being a missionary just means, well, it's almost double. I mean, so I get to be a Christian and be a missionary, so that's what I get to do all the time. That's exciting. Now, of course, being a missionary also means that you never have the same day twice. I mean, you it's not repetitive by any means. I mean, you, you could be, I don't know, let's see, uh, slaughtering a pig one day, preaching a sermon the next day, uh, cleaning with a machete uh, on, the, on a land the next day, and uh, preaching a wedding the next day. And, you know, preparing for a conference or, and then the next day, maybe you could just be staying at home with your kids and helping with homeschool. So it, uh, especially for people who could really get bored easily, being a missionary is amazing because you get to serve God in a thousand ways. And each day you wake up, is going to be different. And it's just seeing, how can I serve him? Another thing that's neat is that you, you are able to see God's hand in amazing ways. You now, sometimes God's hand up until the pantry is ended. and that's awesome because you get to see God's hand when you get so close to that zero one to where you think, mm. Okay, Lord, I have two days of food left. What are we going to eat? And then God shows up in such an amazing way that you know it has to be Him. There's no way anybody else could have helped you. And that's the exciting part. That's what I love about being a missionary.
0: Yeah, that is amazing. So I appreciate your answer. It's very insightful. So, um, then question three, kind of the inverse of that, is what's one of the more challenging aspects of living in missions daily?
1: Balance and wisdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I was raised on a mission field, so I know to slaughter pigs and preach weddings and stuff like that. But how Balance your spiritual life, your family life. And uh, for example, in the first 18 years, I was a full time pastor, uh, full time, 24 credit hours a week uh, at, at the Bible Institute and Christian School. And I have a family, and going out and preaching at different conferences, Bible conferences around and training other people. Just the balance and the wisdom, and uh, being able to say that little word no you know the rest of the life as well and the first things first so that's I think one of the hardest things second to that I would think that um, as a missionary there's no place on this planet that's really really home they go back to the United States and they say, hey, here's a white Mexican. And I'm here in Mexico and everybody's like, que go So I'm not from here. I'm not from there. And uh, just I guess to turn that over, I, I guess well, our citizenship's in heaven. So that's one of the neat things, the awesome things about, about serving God in a different culture than, than your own. Um, and then even like me growing up in this second culture, to be a third culture culture uh, child is just knowing that uh, there's no place on this earth that is home so let's serve over here and uh, wait till we get home till we get to heaven that's going to be really exciting
0: yeah yeah, I'm looking forward to that day indeed well then number four then who are some other missionaries like yourself that are uh, doing a great job that you'd suggest to be on this podcast
1: well, uh, if you haven't had them on the podcast yet, I would
0: really recommend my parents,
1: Rick and Robin Shields. Uh, they, uh, my mom grew up as a little girl and a teenager back in the 60s and 70s uh, in North Mexico. My uh, dad got saved out of the Navy, and so they're, they're in North Mexico and, uh, uh, and churches start there, so if you could... Uh, Look them up, Rick and Robin Shields, Uh, and also my brother-in-law and sister are also in North Mexico working alongside with them, and uh, they're just doing an awesome job in a really big ministry. Uh, His name is Abel Herrera. Uh, He is a Mexican national, but he speaks really good English, and uh, those would be two missionaries that I definitely would recommend uh, you looking up.
0: Okay, great. Yeah, I look forward to reaching out to them and having them on. That would be awesome. So Great. Um, all right, number five then, kind of what everybody's waiting for. Go ahead and take mm-hmm. you know, three to five minutes and just tell us one of your favorite <sighs> stories about your time in missions.
1: Oh, my. You know that this is the hardest question. You know that, right? <laughs>
0: yep, that's why you answer it. So. <laughs>
1: oh, goodness. Um, you know, there's... so pastoring up north Mexico, a little village about 800 feet people, and uh, the village drunk was a guy named Juan Plata, uh, literally John Silver. And uh, this guy Juan Plata was one of the worst drunks. Uh, he was certain in drugs. He beat his wife. His kids were always sick, and it was just a terrible, miserable life. He was a hard worker, worked out in the fields, and but he would always drink and. He dope up drug up with whatever money he had and it was terrible his, his mom was a strong catholic uh but just basically what she did especially in that in that that part of the, the world catholicism is against any part of uh of the gospel they, they they want you to be in their church and worshiping their idols and and in fact that was one of the rain dancers with the feather, with the feather headdresses to dance for the Virgin Mary so that she would send rain. Uh, Juan's dad was about as bad of a drunk that he was. And, uh, you know, we had witnessed to Juan. My brother, Matt, had witnessed to Juan that so many people had witnessed to him, told him that Jesus could change his life. And he he would just kind of look at us, listen to us, and just, meh. I mean, this is a guy who looked like he was almost 40, but he was in his mid-20s. He, he, he did the, 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 the alcohol and the drugs. He did so much. It was so it was so terrible. And um, then one day, um, his wife, who was a member of a church, came and said, could you come by and see Juan? I thought, oh, boy. Okay, I'll, I'll go by and see your husband again. And uh, went by to his house, and she said, and I saw him in bed, and he was just burning up with fever. And I said, well, what's wrong, Juan? He said, oh, it's not. I'm, I'm fine. Huh, what's going on? Let me help. He says, no. I'll wait till the doctor gets here. You see, the government sends out a doctor. He's supposed to be there Monday through Friday. But they'll usually get there on Tuesday or Wednesday and leave on Thursday or Friday, maybe. And they usually will show up on Monday or Tuesday drunk, so they're not good the first day they're there anyway. So anyway, and the, the little village doctor, brand new out of med school, doesn't know much. But, you know, anyway, doctor wasn't there. He wasn't going to be there for five or six more days. And so I said, Juan, what's wrong? Let me look at it. And so finally he pulled up his pants leg and he he had gotten a horn about three inches long in the front of his shin. It was stuck in there. And by that time I had been teaching first aid at the Bible College for about 10 years. One of the many classes I taught. And one of the things I teach and practice is uh, to always have a first aid kit with you. Always have a first aid kit with you. So we had a first aid kit with us. And we had some lidocaine spray, so I sprayed the lidocaine. I had a little bit of, I had a, uh, uh, a scalpel with me, and I had some uh, surgical pliers with me as well. So I sprayed him up with lidocaine so it was all didn't. use a scalpel, split it open, and pulled that splinter out. And uh, then gave him some triple antibiotic ointment and some bandages, and taught his wife how to clean the wound. Anyway, long story short, he got saved two weeks later. Wow. wow, and you know, right now he is one of the Sunday school teachers for the, for the adults at church, and you know, as you look back on it, you just think, wow, why that? Right. You know, we had given him the gospel so many times. It wasn't that he had to preached to him. It wasn't a thing to where, well, we'll just show him love and he'll understand. No, no, people need to hear the gospel explicitly, but then they need to know that you love them. They need to see Christ's love through you. And even though we had told him we loved him, even though we had helped his family several times, it wasn't until he physically felt our love by pulling a three-inch thorn out of the front of his leg that he really understood these people love me. Jesus loves me. Jesus died for me. I'm a sinner. I need to get saved. And he got saved. And I mean, God just did a a huge work on that family. Now, that's one of my favorite stories. It's tied to one of my least favorite stories. If I can finish up with that, uh, two twin boys that he would—they would always be sick. Juan's two twin boys and his and his girl who was a few years older than that, and and they grew up in church. And uh, Juan and uh, Juan's father-in-law was such a bad drunk, and he never—he's not that safe to the same to, to this day. In fact, he tried to get Juan to drink again. So, so Juan's good Christian testimony wouldn't show him up. You know, Juan and his wife decided to not discipline their kids, to listen to their in law about child discipline instead of following what the child says. And today, Juan's two twin boys are 16, and they're both worse drunks than their father ever was. You see, it's not generational. Each person has to make that choice for Christ. And we're praying that the same power of Christ to transform Juan's life can now transform his twin boys. And, uh, I mean, they're living in his house. He's doing the best he can now. But over the last 10 years, he just decided, I'm not going to just my kids, the way the Bible says, because my father-in-law might get get upset. Mm. So, uh, working within cultures where the the, the dad and even the father in law kind of has a patriarchal authority, you run into that a lot. And so, to be able to point people to Christ and to say, look, Jesus Christ can change you, can change your life, can change your family, but you also need to understand that they need to follow what the Bible says so that they can reap these fruits. Of the new life in Christ, so that's one of my favorite and my worst favorite, my least favorite stories, uh, side by side. So if y'all could, you could y'all could remember uh, his twin boys are uh, one and uh, oh yeah, the other one. I just remember is the kapochini Ruiz, or two, twins sons they're 16 folks of Their dad, was. Yeah, so uh, if anybody listens to this like to send me an email I'd be glad to send you a picture of them and you can pray for them and see what God's going to do with these mm-hmm. twin boys and see how God can transform their lives let's see what God does with this so God can help me pray for Juan and for Luis
0: definitely and what an awesome opportunity for anybody listening you've been invited to the mission field now and so now you get to be part of this and pray and watch God transform and so amen lord that's right lord willing we'll have a follow-up session sometime in the future and we'll hear about how God yes transforms. Awesome. definitely
1: that that would be awesome we're praying for it
0: all right so, well then kind of closing out then number six um just have you come up with an answer for do you have any kind of cultural faux pas or language blunders or uh, it's no pressure either way. <laughs> well, uh, I do
1: have one story. Uh, you see, North Mexico, where I was raised, to where we're living right now, is about roughly about a thousand miles away. So the, the culture is so different, even though it's within the same country, it's the same mission for Mississippi, um, mm-hmm. about the same distance and about the same cultural difference. Just like in the States, you'll have the sweet tea and the unsweet tea division. You know, uh, here in Mexico, we have a black bean part, which is the southern part, and then the north part is the pinto beans. Uh, so, yeah, you, there is a definite dividing line, you one side or the other. Um, and they don't s- serve both at a, a restaurant like you do with tea and then sweet tea. Um, so, anyway, yeah, the real the real stuff's sweet. The other stuff isn't anyway, That's just a uh, southern part. Um, uh, okay, so we got here, and the first Sunday, the pastor of the church said, Andrew, I'm going to eat your house. So we haven't quite i back to you. So I said, "Oh." Okay. He said, well, I'm, I'm bringing chickens. Okay, well, he said, no, we cooked. Oh, thanks. So anyway, he showed up with, I think, three roasted chickens from all over the uh, stand on the side of the road. Delicious. Really good. And he saw, that my, and he told, I said, well, what, what should we prepare? He said, uh, 'We'll just get some tortillas and, uh, and something to drink. I okay, well, we can do that. Well, everywhere here, there's places they sell tortillas. Of course, the better tortillas are handmade. We eat tortillas with everything. You no know, forks, no spoons, tortillas, and everything. And uh, so when he got to the house, oh. he saw that my wife hadn't to purchased tortillas. She was making tortillas. And he
0: looked at her, and he said, you make tortillas? You don't buy them? Because, of course, she's married to me, the rich
1: gringo was much, much. Yeah. 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 Uh, so he uh, he said, you're making him tortillas? She said, yeah, my husband likes the, likes them that way. He's very chiflado. Well, the word chiflado in Spanish, as I understand it, means spoiled. So she was saying, yeah, he's spoiled. Well, the thing is, that word doesn't mean the same thing in South Mexico. So basically she said I was crazy. Well, this is the pastor kind of looked at her big eyed and he whispered with his wife. His wife whispered with him. They just kinda of like, Well, maybe we should start some counseling classes. They're they're already fighting and they just got here you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. And he turned and he said to my wife, he said, Hermana, what what do you mean by that word? What what, what word? No. She She said, Oh, I've been spoiled, and they look, oh, well, here it means crazy. She said, oh, good. Well, he's both. Oh, no. <laughs> so I guess I'm both crazy and spoiled. So,
0: anyway, that's funny. I've got a wonderful wife. i uh, crazy forward, really for her, and
1: she spoils me a lot. So, uh, yeah, that's about as
0: close as we got to the football. Uh, Spanish has many, many varieties, uh, just like English does. Yeah, so, uh, that is a great story. I like that story. I think that's really good. So. <laughs> that's awesome. uh, and you never had to do counseling classes, I'm guessing, so that's good too. No, no, we haven't,
1: praise the Lord. <laughs>
0: good. So, well, hey, in closing up then real quick, what is, um, what's one way or two ways that people can stay up to date with your story, especially if they <laughs> want the pictures? Definitely. Um, you can uh, write a, an email to us, uh, really easy. Uh, Andrew and and also we do have a youtube channel uh just look look for my name andrew shields
1: uh, on youtube i'll be putting i put up uh, videos and kind of updates there as well also if you email me and um, i can put you on our mailing list and i send out an email every once in a while i guess every Months sometimes every month other times, and uh, I'll try to keep you up to date uh,
0: there as well. So uh, if
1: you'd like to keep up to date, uh, email or YouTube
0: or either the event, let's either that. Awesome. All right, I'll make sure we put that in the description below. So, well, thank you for joining us today. Awesome. Really thank been a pleasure you. to have you on. So. All righty, ladies. All right. righty. Thank you everybody for joining. This is it today for the Missionary Micro Stories podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe if you're listening on uh, Apple Podcasts, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks.